Church can invite you to stand with me as we receive the Gospel reading for this evening. And the Holy Gospel for this evening can be found on the 18th chapter according to the Gospel of St. Luke, reading at the 18th verse. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, reading from verses 18 to verse 20. Verse 18, And a ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honour your father and mother. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Church, will you please be seated? You know, this evening as we gather together in All Saints, as uh, Joe has mentioned, we will be celebrating Family Month in conjunction with Father's Day, which was supposed to be last week. Uh, but because of the Church of the Holy Spirit Conference, we decided to push it this week. And as again, as Joe mentioned, if uh, you have not received your gift, uh, do at the end of the service as you go, f as you dismiss from here, you may want to collect uh, your Father's Day's gift. And for those of you who are tuning in online, all right, don't worry, uh, you will also be receiving your gift somehow, all right? We will, we will figure out a way, lah, okay? Maybe if you come next week, we will give it to you or not, we will post it to you, all right? And as I said, this day, today is a day where we want to promote family life. And it's important uh, that we want to talk about family life here within our community. Why? Because it's a time where we want to focus on what it takes for us here in All Saints to build a strong family. <clears throat> and furthermore, since today happens to be a Holy Communion weekend, and, you know, it's supposed to be a family time where if there's no COVID, you'll find that the children and the youth will all be gathered here together. And so it's important that we want to hear together the important words regarding family. And so before we do that, I want us to now quickly turn to the passage that I want to focus on for this evening. <coughs> We're going to look in the passage in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read from the first four verses. Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 1. The Word of God says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let us bow our heads as we come to the Lord in prayer. So, Father, as we come to you, as we look afresh, your word in Ephesians, as we celebrate family life together, we pray, Lord, for all the fathers gathered in our midst and even for the mothers. The Lord, as we desire to grow strong families here in all saints, would your word minister, speak to us, challenge us, and move us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As a starting point, I want to affirm that family is important in the eyes of God. And I say this because we find that in the beginning of the Bible, the Bible supports this truth. 
You see, as early as the start of creation, we read of how God forming the first two persons, Adam and Eve, and God putting them in the garden, He gave them this important mandate to be fruitful and multiply. Thus, what we have here in this Genesis account is really the first record of the very first family. And we know that since throughout the generation, various family units have been birthed forth, of which you and I are part of. And it is very evident if you were to scan around this sanctuary, especially when we are full, you will see there are many of us present here together. We worship together as a family. There's the Kants, the Hanks, the Lois, and many more. There are, of course, of course, some of us here who may be single. And maybe even some of us here, if you are married, but you have no children. But the point is this. Regardless of which group you are in, the fact remains that since you are here on this earth today, since you are here in this sanctuary, it is an indication that you do belong to a family. And because God viewed the family as a vital unit within the community, and to ensure that family stays intact, He sets up some very key commandments or key laws for us to adhere to. And so thus for us today, we want to be looking into these laws. And so for our sermon, this evening I will be dividing it into two parts. And the first part really concerns the youth and the young ones, the children. And in our midst, we do have some children here gathered in the sanctuary. And for those of you who are tuning online, if you are a child, this first part is important that you need to pay attention. And then to be fair, all right, to follow up in the second part, I will address the responsibilities of parents as dictated by the Word of God. So let's begin then with the responsibility of children. What does God expect of us as children? And to a certain extent, we are all children, isn't it? Because some of us, we are children, we still have parents who, are, who we are looking after. So we are children in that sense. And so we begin to see that one of the very first laws that instituted by God for children is really found in the fifth of the Ten Commandments, which is written in Exodus 20, verse 12, which goes like this. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you find that Jesus in the gospel reading that was read just a while ago also quoted this when the rich ruler approached him regarding a question about inheriting eternal life. Thus you find that the first of the two specific responsibility of any child is to honour your father and your mother. Now what does this word honour really means. In the Hebrew word, it means to be heavy. Meaning to say, when you honour someone, the implication here is you give weight to that person. It is to hold that individual in high esteem and high accord with the importance and reverence. In our Chinese culture, we simply understand as showing face. However, in our modern world today, Unfortunately, you know, we are accustomed to this so-called surface action. You know, we, we, we only say things, you know, but we don't really mean it at all. 
So in this surface action of honouring people, we do things like, you know, oh, we, we want to offer them a special seat uh, as official function, but actually we want to do it for an ulterior motive. Or sometimes we may even do it by, by simply addressing that person as sir or ma'am out of, you know, respect. And I'm not sure if you remember this, you know, McDonald's once had this advertisement long time ago. Maybe perhaps the older one, same generation as me, you remember this advertisement. A little boy was going up, you know, he was ordering at the counter, you know, and the, and the counter staff greeted him as, Sir. And the young boy was thrilled. He was excited. Why? Because to him, he felt honoured that someone was calling him Sir. But to really grasp this expression in this commandment of honouring our parents, demands more than just this surface action. It is much more deeper than that. You see, if you're to show honour to someone, it is to show that profound respect in the way we relate to that person. And we can really learn from the examples of the Jews. You'll be surprised that one of the Jewish practices is this. That when a father <coughs> wishes to retire to bed, you know what a Jew male would do? He would stoop down near the bed of his father, bend his back to act as a step, so that his father would be able to step on him onto the bed. That's how Hebrew, the Jewish people, see what is honour. Another example is this. When a Jew sees a mother crossing the road, but is not able to do so because maybe the sandals were broken, you know what the Jew would do? The Jew would put his hand under her feet for each step that she took so that his mother would not step on the cobblestones. These are just some examples illustrating how parents are to be honoured. But in reality, the question for us is this. How can we honour our parents today? Well, children, let me suggest that the way we do so is through this act of obedience. Now, the Apostle Paul, <coughs> in a passage that I read to you in Ephesians, in fact, he wrote this twice <coughs> to the early church. He put this great emphasis on obedience. <coughs> in the Ephesians passage in in chapter 6, verse 1, <coughs> as he ends off his writing to the, to the people of Ephesus, he wanting to address this whole issue of the family life. Paul writes this. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then in another letter, similarly to the Colossians, in chapter 3, verse 20, he says the same thing. He says, Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Now the thing, however, is this. In our modern society, to speak of obedience is not really a popular topic. In fact, we find that obedience is kind of counterculture. Why? Because obedience points to authority. And we dislike being told what to do. We want to do our own things. When we're told to do something which we don't want, we rebel, we go against it. We don't want to be obedient. But children, 
listen, it is important to understand this. It's important to understand what the Bible teaches us. You see, the Bible does not instruct us to obey our parents because they are correct or only when they are right. Read carefully again. The passage says that we are to obey our parents because this is right. You hear the difference? It's not whether they are right, but rather that this is the right thing to do. That is to say, even if your parents are wrong, we are to obey them. Why? Because the Bible says that this is the right thing to do. So to those of you who are here gathered in the service, perhaps some of you, you may have some examples and perhaps just an example, you know, maybe you're fighting with your siblings, you know, and then you ended up in a, in a situation and mom and dad hears about it and they end up punishing both of you, even though you're not the one who is at fault. You may say to yourself, now this is not fair. Why should I be punished when I didn't do anything wrong? We can go about complaining, we can go about retaliating, but as the verse teaches us and reminds us, we are to be obedient and to accept it. Yes, for sure, no parent on this earth is perfect. But if we are to rely on God's Word as children, we must obey our parents even though they may be wrong. Better still, if you look carefully again to both the Genesis and the Ephesians passage, you'll find that both this passage indicate the promise, that there is a promise that all will go well with you, if you and you experience long life only if you obey your parents. Now, the only exception, of course, is when you can choose not to disobey your parents. It's when they've strayed or maybe they've gone against God's Word. Or maybe your parents is telling you, you know, go and lie or go and steal or go and do something that is not contrary to the Word of God. That's where we can disobey our parents. But other than that, we are to honour our parents by obeying them. Obedience is just one aspect of honour. A second key aspect, as the Bible teaches us, is to display reverence. And reverence here is equal to respect. Now, in Leviticus 19 verse 3, another Old Testament law, we find the Word of God teaches us this. Leviticus 19.3 says that every one of you shall revere his mother and father. And again, as I stress, this word revere means to respect. And one practical way that we can show reverence, one practical way we can show respect to our parents is when we speak kindly to them. Our speech must always be affectionate, it must be intimate, it must never be patronizing. And now to the young children, I want to share this with you. There'll be times when your parents, sometimes when they are much older, you know, Maybe for some of us, we, we may not experience this, but I want to share this from my own experience. My mom currently is, 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 is having a dementia, you know, and, and 
if you know when you live with someone with dementia, it can be very stressful. Because someone with dementia will always keep asking you the same question again and again. And that can be very irritating. And so when someone, so if your parents happen to be in that situation, keeping asking you the same question, how do you respond to them? You show reverence by speaking kindly to them. So it's important for us to remember this. Secondly, we also show reverence by speaking kindly about them. Now, the goal here is not to embarrass them in public. And a case in point that I want to point out from the Bible is Ham, the younger son of Noah. Now, if you know the story in Genesis chapter 9, the story is told here that soon after the great flood, Noah planted a vineyard and drank some of the wine from the grapes that he harvested. And as a result of drinking the wine, he somehow got drunk. Now, his son Ham happened to pass by his father's tent. And what he saw was the nakedness of his father. And what did Ham do? Instead of showing respect, instead of showing honour for his father in covering him up, he went about to tell his two other brothers. And probably he was laughing about it. Hey, you know, I saw that. He's undressed, he's naked. That's not honouring our parents at all. So we honour them by speaking kindly about them. And finally, we display respect for our parents by providing needs when they are old. You know, this is, there is this marvellous reversal of roles in the parent-child relationship. And to those of you who are young, you know that because right now you're not able to take care of yourself, it is your parents who provide for your every need. But listen, that role is reversed when they are elderly. And when this happens, it is you who must now provide for their needs regardless whether they are good or have been bad parents. Because after all, if you think about it, there were times where you are now, as a children, you have not been good children, isn't it? But yet, your parents have been providing for you. So children, the true responsibility for you is simply to honour your parents and to revere and give them the respect. We now draw our attention to the parents. What does God expect of you as parents? If you want your family to, to be strong, what does God expect of you as parents? You see, if God's order for children is to honour you, the question then for you as parents is, how then do you act in a way that your children can give you this honour? And similarly, I want to just share with you quickly just two very simple ways that you can be honour-worthy parents. The first way is to love them. You gain honour from your children by loving them. Now, let me be clear. When I say you love them, it does not mean you give in to their whims and fancy. You don't because they, you know, want you to buy something and you just buy it for them and you claim that you love them. That is not really what love is all about. Rather, we love them through other means. And one of the means we love them is through touch. 
according to Gary Chapman, the author of best-selling book, The Five Love Language, he tells us that touch is one of the language of love. And I don't want us as parents to go take away, you know, to, 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 to remove this idea to think that we're not supposed to touch or hug our children even when they are grown up. We can do this. We ought to do this. Because touch is the language of love. In fact, the Bible teaches us that it is all right. We should do it. We should be doing this. Because if you recall the passage in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, in the parable of the prodigal son, <coughs> what happened? When the son left the home, discovered that he had done wrong, he wanted to ask for his forgiveness, he went back home and the father saw him. What did the father do? If you look with me to the Bible, you look in Luke chapter 15, verse 20, we are told that the father, upon seeing his prodigal son, he ran, and get this, he embraced his son. And not only did he embrace his son, meaning he hugged his son, we are even told that he kissed his son. So by the way, if you missed it, kissing is also another gesture of touching. And so what we have here is this picture of an elderly man with a grown-up son <coughs> hugging father. If you find it hard to imagine, imagine Jackson running towards Menghui. Okay? If you find it difficult, okay, you can imagine. Jackson, an old man running towards a young man, hugging him, kissing him, embracing him. That's showing love. In fact, you realize that research has tell us that frequent hugs from moms or dads are a good way to keep your children from growing up to be sexually impure. It's even discovered that a girl, I learned this from Focus of the Family, that a girl who enjoys a parent's hug, especially from a father, she is less likely to trade sexual intimacy for affection later on in her life. So parents, don't hold back your affection. Caitlin, don't hold back your affection over your boy. Oh yes, you're good. Good demonstration. Yes. Hug them often, affectionately, tenderly. The second suggestion is how you can love your children. Bless them. Every time in your prayer time, pray a blessing over them. You see, when you bless them, you are really lifting them up. And I'll share this true testimony with you. Uh, this is regarding my oldest daughter, Bethany. <coughs> you know, when she was studying here in Anglican High, every morning as I drive her to school, you know, before she would alight, I would just pray a blessing over her and encourage her. Just a simple one, two line. I say, Lord, bless her today that she have a good day. You know, bless her today that she'll be able to be attentive. Bless her that she won't sleep during class or something like that. I'll just bless her, you know. Now, one day, I ended up forgot to bless her. And you know what happened? I got a text from Cassandra, my wife. And the uh, text was that uh, from my daughter saying, Dad forgot to bless me today. You see, when you bless them, something happens. When you bless them, something happens. They appreciate this. They know that you love them. They know that you care for them. 
And so when you look on at verse 4, you find of this Ephesian passage, Paul mentions that fathers, and equally for mothers too, that you must not provoke your child to anger. This emphasis is also echoed in Colossians 3.21. But again, Paul says, fathers, do not provoke your child, lest they become discouraged. And so to ensure that they are not provoked, to ensure that your children is not discouraged, pray for them. Encourage them. Bless them. So you touch them, you bless them, and a third way to love your children is really to just spend time listening to them. Now, here's a secret that is worthwhile remembering. You know, sometimes we adults, you know, we say that we listen to our children. But the truth is, all too often, they barely get a full sentence in before we jump in with our comments. And one of the best advice that I can give for all of us as parents in communicating with your young ones is sometimes to just, just say nothing. Just say nothing. Just give them the time. Sit down with them. Just earnestly listen to what they have to say. So we love them by listening to them. And finally, we can gain honour from our children when we begin to lead them. The second half of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 points to this awesome responsibility of parents nurturing children in the right path. Paul says in verse 4, Parents, you need to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And again, if I were to draw you back to another Old Testament law, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, God's law to the Israelites is simply this. He urges fathers to play this role of teaching their children. God says this, You shall teach them diligently to your children. And we find that according to these two verses, we lead them by disciplining them and by teaching them. And the truth is, we can do this in a variety of ways. We need to set up rules. We need to set up boundaries. We need to set up an example for them to follow. Because failure to do so will lead to serious consequence in the future when your child grows up. So teach them in the right way. It is your responsibility. It is not the responsibility of Lindsay or the Sunday school teachers. The Bible makes it clear that parents, it is your role to discipline, to teach them in the truth. And we need to take this seriously. A final word now to those of you who are planning or expecting kids along the way. Or maybe for some of you, you know, you are starting off in this journey of parenthood. I want to remind you that when you start this family, that when you have children, it is not merely a guarantee of the family name. Yes, having children is a blessing from God. Psalms 127 verse 3 says, it is a heritage from the Lord. But listen, even as we welcome them as precious gift into this world, there are certain responsibilities that you need to take note. And one of these important expectations of you as parents is you need to build up your family altar at home. Start early. 
the sooner, the better. Make every effort, take every opportunity to bring the family together at least once a week, if not more. And as you gather together, lead them into the truth. Tell them stories of God's redemptive act in history. Point them to God's holy law for guidance in life. Model for them obedience to God's will. Show them the importance of prayer when things get difficult. And again, I stress, this is not the responsibility of their godparents. This is not the responsibility of the children's ministry teachers. It is you as parents who should be doing this. So in closing then, all saints, let us strive as today we want to celebrate family life. We want to build strong marriages in our families, in our church. And if you are a parent, love and lead your children in the way that they in turn will honour you. And to the young ones, obey your parents. Show them that reverence so that your days may be long. So as we close, may Jesus always be the centre of our family. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. You know, Father, we want to thank you that indeed you put us all in this place under a family. And you desire for us to be strong. For we know that a strong family will lead to strong churches. So, Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us here in our midst that as we hear your word, whether we are young ones gathered here or as parents, for the young ones, let us be reminded of our responsibility of honouring our parents, of obeying them, of respecting them. And for us as parents, let us give us the strength to be able to love them and to lead them in the way. And this evening as we close, we just want to specially pray for all the fathers in our midst. And so as I pray for the fathers, fathers, wherever you are, can you just... Just lift up your hands, receiving this blessing. Hallelujah. So our Father in heaven, we come to you, the true Father of all. We pray, Lord, that you bless every human father here in our midst and in the world today. We ask of you, Lord, that you guide them to be good role models, to be loving to the children that you have given to them. We ask of you, Lord, that you also help them to be a father like you are. Give them the grace and the patience to handle every situation in a loving way. So bless every father as we commit them into our midst. Whether those who are father now, fathers to be, we bless them. In Jesus' name we pray.